listening to the Uncensored Hockey Show which Dan Ferristein and Kevin Lara made. And we are back on the Uncensored Hockey Show on the Sports Podcast Network. Daniel, how have you been? Oh my God, what the hell happened? How long have we been gone? Hockey! We're going to talk hockey! Fucking right, man. We're going to talk some hockey. I love it. And we're back here on a sports podcast. And we're, I thought it was fitting to have a hockey show. And we couldn't have a hockey show without bringing it back, the Uncensored Hockey Show. So, Dan, we are here. We're back talking hockey. And what a beginning of the season for the 2015-2016 season in the NHL. Oh, absolutely. You know, we're seeing some great hockey early on. I mean, Montreal at the moment, 6-0, and undefeated in the seven first and six games. 7-0, just finished tonight, 7-0. Just finished, 7-0. and the only, uh, the only undefeated hockey team right now off a great start to this season. Don't know when it's going to end, but I'll tell you right now, uh, Montreal definitely has a point to prove after losing in the second round in the Eastern Conf- in the Eastern Conference Stanley Cup playoffs last year to the Tampa Bay Lightning, who went to the Stanley Cup final and lost to the Blackhawks. I'll tell you, Montreal is trying to make a point, and right now there's there's no stopping this Montreal side uh, in your backyard, boy. I'll tell you, those Canadians are unbelievable. No, with the way Carey Price is playing and uh, the team in front of him, it's a shared contribution to the victories every single game with one of the best fourth line in the league with Tori Mitchell and the other in, uh, players in that line actually creating great chances, bringing almost a goal a game and uh, giving a break to the other line for them to, to focus and to shine on what they have to do without always thinking about contributing every single shift. Uh, that fourth line and goalkeeper in Montreal are really uh, give an example that uh, early on in the season to get the wins and against the best team in the league, like tonight was St. Louis and Montreal beat them 3 nothing, which is not a uh, small task. And by the way, Carey Price, player of the first week in the NHL a couple of weeks ago. So uh, Montreal is really showing a blueprint that if you're goalkeeper and you're not your necessarily your B type players, but your fourth and third line, your death players, really gives you good points that you can rack up early on. You know, once again, the coaching job by Michel Therrien, you know, the first time he was in Montreal, I thought it was a great fit. He really got his side going, uh, you know, showed a lot of courage uh, to put a lot of faith in certain players. He's, this is his second opportunity, of course. What now? Second year, third year back with Montreal. Uh, it, it goes to show you why he is the proper coach for the Canadians and why they are showing uh, repaying the faith that he has for his players. And they're showing him why they believe in him and his coaching style. No, so all is well in Montreal, 7-0, and best in the league so far. Uh, let's move to closer to your neck of the woods where you have three, if not four, hockey team in the close vicinity with the Islanders of Brooklyn now, the Rangers, the New Jersey Devils, and Washington, which is not too far off either. Philly, too. Oh, absolutely. Philadelphia's retooled. I think they're looking a little bit better. Uh, obviously, uh, Craig Berube was not the head coach that uh, many thought he would be. Uh, of course, uh, Philadelphia starting off strong currently with two wins, a loss, and an OT loss for about five points. But I'll say this for the Rangers. They got off to a great start here. Got a little bit into a funk, losing the le- – well, losing – 
the last three. The last game against the Devils was an overtime loss. Uh, and, of course, losing to Winnipeg, losing to your Montreal side, 3 nothing. But the Rangers off to a great start. How about this Oscar Lindbergh player? He scored four goals in his first three games. He's got a nose for the net. Had a great couple of seasons in Hartford in the American Hockey League. He's on the third line with Kevin Hayes and Victor Stahlberg, who the Blackhawks had nothing to do with him and he, he felt like he wasn't worth it. The Rangers picked him up and look at him too. Got his first goal as a Ranger in the win over the San Jose Sharks this past Monday night in a 4-0 victory. Antti Ranta, the former Black Hawk backup. Of course, Cam Talbot with Edmonton right now. Uh, not a bad debut as a Ranger in net for, uh, for Ranta. He is the second Finnish goaltender. Of course, the first one was UC Markkinen with a double K uh, to play for the Rangers before Ranta got signed. So, you know, right now, the Metropolitan Division, the Islanders are slowly getting back into it. They're now used to their new building, of course, no longer at the Nassau Coliseum. They're over at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Still uh, that, uh, that blue jersey with the orange and white trims, but still, it's a different feeling now that they're in Brooklyn. Many you know, once again, many from Long Island are not coming to Brooklyn because they feel that the Nassau Coliseum, the old barn, is their home. Who knows? They might go back, but we'll see what happens. New Jersey starting to crawl up a little bit, but right now tied for first. Islanders and Rangers with nine points in the Metropolitan Division. Do you think it's going to happen eventually that the colors will start to change without people noticing? And before you know, it's the white and the black of Brooklyn with the... With the Islanders, will become the Brooklyn Islanders eventually. Well, here's the thing, though. They made a third jersey that's black and white, actually. They did. So they might. It already use it started. Couple... It's already yeah, started. Yeah, it's already started. Yep. They got a third jersey already made for the Islanders. It's black and white with uh, that um, stadium series style type of jersey with the NY without the, Islander, without the island on it. They got the four stripes on one shoulder to represent the four Stanley Cups. And. Uh, a couple of uh, extra type of things on it, but it, the black and white's already there. See? All right, if we move to the Western Conference, we have St. Louis, which tonight was their second loss uh, this season only, but having a great debut of season two. Uh, San Jose, another great beginning of season. For those type of team, though, early on in the season, they always seem to get the job done. Do you think for once it's going to stick for the whole season and eventually into a playoff run for those two teams? You know, here's the thing about St. Louis. They have such a great team, great depth. I mean, when you're talking about this great player that they have, I know they still have a bunch of great players. I know they don't have TJ Oshie anymore. I know a lot of Blues fans were probably not happy about uh, that trade being made with Washington. Ask that girl. You remember that I little remember, girl? I remember that girl. I felt bad for her. But I will say this for uh, St. Louis. And once again, you know, they still got some great players like Shattenkirk, Alexander Steen. But the one guy that's really going to make the Blues tick, of course, Vladimir Tarasenko. I mean, this guy just makes up moves all in his head, how he's able to score. doesn't matter if he puts it on a slapper, wrister, a one-hander, one-handed backhander, backhander, doesn't matter. He'll find a way to put it on net, and he will beat the goalie any which way possible. 
So we're going to have to see what's going to happen. Here's the other thing, though. They got that veteran, that wily veteran, Scott Gomez, on the team. So, you know, we'll see what he can still bring to the table in the National Hockey League. But I'll say this right now. Once again, St. Louis has a great side. You know, you've got Jake Allen, probably the backup uh, for the starter, and Brian Elliott. And Brian Elliott, obviously, well, he was able to make Ottawa go, and now he's making St. Louis go. So Brian Elliott will always be that top, tough goaltender for St. Louis. They always find a way to scrap for wins and scrap for goals. But still, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko is definitely worth the price of admission to watch. It's been a beginning of the season filled with news and not necessarily for the right reason in Chicago this year, yesterday the cup winner, but with the whole Patrick Kane situation, it seemed that it translated into the ice, and the results have been uh, 50-50 so far for the beginning of the season. Uh, do you think Chicago has a cup hangover, and do you think there's a chance for them to put things back on the right to the right track uh, quite quickly? Well, you know what? Chicago is that team that can turn things around real quickly in the season. They're always used to having poor starts. doesn't matter if they are on a cup hangover or not. They're always going to be one of those top teams that will right the ship from the middle of the season all the way to the end. It will always be a threat to win the Stanley Cup. That's for sure. And, of course, the top two uh, teams that the odds makers uh, – uh, created to go into the Stanley Cup final, or at least to win the Cup, they have the Blackhawks first, and they have the Rangers second. So at the moment, those are the predictions of the odds makers. Will it uh, happen at the end? I try not to predict for, to predict the playoffs. I like to let the playoffs uh, predict themselves. So uh, we'll see what happens. I am not putting anything past uh, Chicago Blackhawks at this moment. Now, we're talking about the Patrick Kane situation. I try not to comment about what is going on but you know we know about Patrick Kane's sketchy off ice past uh, of course what he's done with, uh, with a taxi cab driver stealing some money for games I mean I don't know what goes on in his head when he's back home in near Buffalo New York but you know I'm not going to try and speculate about this whole uh, case that's going against him uh, possible rape that's been charged uh, or has not been charged yet uh, on Patrick Kane. But I will say this, uh, whatever comes from uh, a potential court case, uh, I think we'll comment on that when the whole thing is uh, basically uh, done and dusted. One team that's struggling this season, it's Colorado. And it's already in the talk that Patrick Roy might be in jeopardy. Do you think he's going to be one of the first coach, if not the first coach, to lose his job in 2015, if not 2016? And do you think there's a chance that Colorado has been depleted of their best assets and just struggling to get by now? Yes, they are depleted of their best assets. Uh, Colorado is not the team they once were. Uh, I think right now, I don't know who is currently at Lake Erie in the American Hockey League right now that's ready to make the jump to the National Hockey League. Uh, I don't blame Patrick Waugh for this. I don't, I, unfortunately, it's the, the hand he's been dealt by the Avalanche. You know, look, Patrick Waugh, uh, obviously uh, a very good head coach in the junior leagues, of course, the great Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. That's probably one of the best offensive junior leagues in all of Canada, especially in Quebec province. Uh, I just think that right now, 
uh, it's the hand he's been dealt with, and of course it's not his fault. Uh, I believe right now that the coaching staff has not done a great job scouting for players, uh, either in Europe or within the other leagues of the of uh, juniors in Canada and the United States and anywhere else. Uh, right now, I don't blame Waugh. It's just, unfortunately, the Avalanche are on a funk. And it was bound to happen anyway. You know, just like any other great teams that has had plenty of success, obviously, uh, when the, they were the original Quebec Nordiques, They've had some good moments. They've had a lot of bad moments. And, of course, Montreal Canadian fans know about that against uh, their former rivals in Quebec province. Uh, and when they moved to Denver, Colorado, obviously getting Patrick Waugh to play goal for them, you know, got those two Stanley Cups. Of course, Ray Bork winning finally a Stanley Cup. Unfortunately, obviously, he wished he would have won it in Boston. Still, I have to say that this is not Waugh's fault. Uh, right now... The Avalanche are going through a funk. It was bound to happen sooner or later, and now it's here. If we're looking at a team that still is going into a funk, and it's been years and years, the Edmonton Oilers, with a plethora of first-round draft picks, Nugent Hopkins, Taylor Hall, and now the new acquisition, which is... Uh, Connor kind of, McDavid. I was going to say McKinnon. I always get them. Uh, <laughs> I always mix them up. No, McDavid, the best of the two. Connor McDavid uh, is with the Edmonton Oilers, with the new coach this year. Is it finally the year where everything gels for the Oilers and all those first round draft picks finally get to play together uh, efficiently and get a chemistry? Or is it going to be, again, a struggling year for the Oilers? You know, that's the big question mark, isn't it? I mean, I'm telling you right now. I gotta tell you that for Edmonton, sooner or later, they're gonna have to, you know, make this big comeback and start with their own dynasty. I mean, I know that no one is trying to recreate the past when you had Gretzky, Messier, Curry, Lowe, Coffee, and so and Grant Fuhr and so many other great players in those dynasty eras era, I should say, when the Edmonton Oilers were the best hockey team in the National Hockey League. You know, you got to try to rebrand, recreate. And since those years, you know, when they had Glenn Sather, when they're, now they don't have Glenn Sather, obviously, uh, it's a situation where, you know, Edmonton's trying to at least get back to a level where they haven't made the playoffs consistently. And they've been in a bad funk uh, for the last couple of years or so, even more than that. But still... I just have to say, right now, for the Oilers, it has to come together. It has to start. You know, the the pieces of the puzzle are there. They're just floating around in the rink, and once they they come together at the right time, we'll maybe for once, for once, they'll be the ones that will finally be on a Stanley Cup run. I don't. I'm not saying it's this year, but you want to see something finally come together. And is Cam Talbot the goaltender that Edmonton's been looking for? Because, you know, let's be honest, not every team has a Benoit Allaire or at least an Allaire brother giving great goaltending lessons. Of course, his other brother is for uh, Anaheim right now, Benoit Allaire's brother Pierre, I think it is. But still, it, it's a situation for the Oilers. Something has to come together. And if it doesn't come together, then, you know, they're in trouble. They are in deep trouble, and you're wondering all of a sudden, 
uh, you know, when is it come? When will it come together? Because we all know how proud everyone is in that town for their NHL team, and of course, very soon uh, you're going to say goodbye to the old uh, Northlands Coliseum, the Rexall Place, it's called now, obviously. And uh, and I understand they're going to they're building a new a new arena for the Oilers. Uh, don't know if it's about time or uh, maybe they should have kept the old gal, but. You know, we'll see what happens, and uh, like I said, it has to start now. If not now, maybe next year's too late. Maybe they go a different path. Uh, the patience of an Oiler fan is wearing thin, I believe. Absolutely. All right, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll have a different take on the age-old hockey question of Ovechkin or Crosby. You are listening to the Uncensored Hockey Show with Daniel Fairstein and Kevin Laramay on the Sports Podcasting Network. You like the network? Help us do more. Patreon.com slash Kevin Laramay. With your help, we could do more shows, more sports, more podcasting, more network, more coverage, more article, more audios, more scrum, more press conferences, more everything. With your help, we could do more. Patreon.com slash Kevin Laramie. And we're back, Daniel. Sidney Crosby or Alexander Ovechkin or is it still relevant in 2015-2016 with the rise of the Steven Stamkos of this world? Let me tell you something right now. And, and here's the thing that I would like to say. I think both players are exceptional players. I mean, Sidney Crosby has great, great athletic skill. Uh, Alexander Ovechkin is, in my opinion, the full package. I think he's got great skill, great, great strength, and has better imagination than Sidney Crosby. I know Crosby likes to get wide open and stuff it in. Sometimes he likes to get into traffic. Sometimes he likes to muscle himself in, but I think that's the negative part of his game because at times he allows his emotion to get the best of him, and that's the Sidney Crosby you don't want if you're a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. Um, you know, Alexander Ovechkin is a fantastic player. No doubt about it. He has earned whatever he's done on the ice. Here's my – if you call it a pet peeve, fine. Uh, if it's a weakness I think he has, that's my opinion, obviously. Every time I see Alexander Ovechkin on the ice, it's not that he doesn't have the will to win. He does. I like to think there are times when Ovechkin sometimes he'll give up on a play or at times he tries to do too much – and it just puts the Capitals in a very, very bad spot. Now, obviously, Barry Trotz uh, is a great coach. Uh, he's doing some great things with him now. I think he's been playing a lot better under Trotz. But once again, there will always be those negatives. Those little negatives are going to pop up. I mean, look what happened last year. They were 3-1 and one on the Rangers uh, in the second round of the playoffs. I thought the Rangers were dead and buried. And then, of course, they get that overtime victory in Game 5 at the Garden. 
then the Rangers go down to the uh, MC, excuse me, the Verizon Center for Game Six, and they took them out. Game Seven, uh, once again, it took overtime. But you're seeing a Washington Capital team right now, and that includes Ovechkin, unfortunately, that he he is not to be effective if he allows these little negatives to keep creeping into his game. Should he have won a Stanley Cup by now? Absolutely. Uh, but unfortunately, there are some negatives about Ovechkin that he needs to settle all on his own. More still and needs to happen for Alexander Ovechkin. Now, for Sidney Crosby, once again, uh, another fantastic player. Uh, he just likes to get wide open and pounds the puck past the, uh, the goalie. And the one thing that Crosby always gets in trouble with is also his emotions. He tries to start stuff for no reason, meaning fights. Whenever something goes wrong, he has to start playing, and I'll say it, a little bit dirty. Uh, sometimes a bit chippy. And he doesn't really need to do that. That's not his game. His game is to have the puck, be sleek, slip in every once in a while, snap a wrist shot, beat the, beat the opposition's goalie, score your hat tricks a game as much as you can. Other than that, great starts for Crosby. Middle of the season seems to be a little bit of a question mark, and then we get to the end of the season, it all falls apart. So for Crosby... Is it relevant him or is Ovechkin relevant for him? And the truth is, is that at the moment, I'm going to have to give Ovechkin the edge. I have to because I think Ovechkin is a little bit more of a complete player than Crosby is right now. Crosby, I don't know. Sometimes I think maybe he feels his reputation is on the line and that's not the case for him. He doesn't have to worry about that. His reputation is solid. But when those little negatives start creeping into his game, like Ovechkin's little negatives creep into his game, then Crosby is in trouble, more so than Ovechkin. If we're looking at 2009, the year where Crosby won his Stanley Cup, it defined a little bit his career, and he won basically everything since then. There's nothing in the world of hockey that Crosby hasn't won yet. If we're looking at Ovechkin, he's missing that Stanley Cup. It, is the window closed? Is it too late for Ovechkin to get his Stanley Cup? Did he uh, not achieve when it was time, when he had the team surrounding him, when he had the Semin, Backstrom, and the goalkeeping they need, didn't need back then? Or uh, is it still going to be a chance or two for him to get that Stanley Cup? You know... I'll be honest with you. I think the goaltending on Washington has not been that great. I know Braden Holpe's had some great moments in goal for the Capitals, but the truth is he is not the complete goaltender. Maybe back in the day you had Don Beaupre, uh, Rick Tabaracci at times. Uh, you know, that's been the biggest heel of the Achilles heel of the Washington Capitals. Goaltending. The same thing with Philadelphia. Goaltending. Goaltending has always been a big question mark for the Washington Capitals to get over the hurdle. May, there was a time, not the actor, Jim Carrey, who was their goaltender, who came out of nowhere. <laughs> a one-hit wonder. That's right. That's all he was, is a one-hit wonder. And everything just he fell won apart the He won the Vesna one year, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he and did. And then he disappeared and were never... Well, he was heard of, but in the lower division. That's right. He just 
got back to uh, wherever their AHL affiliate was back in the day, and you never heard from him again, and which is a real shame. He had great potential, and unfortunately, he just couldn't piece it all together. I mean, look how many goaltenders the Washington Capitals uh, got rid of. I mean, you had Neuvert. You have, uh, I mean, I mean, Varlamov. I mean, it was like uh, Holby, like you mentioned, and there was a Holby. couple other ones too. Right, but here's the thing, though. It's like when you bring in a, a fresh goaltender from the American Hockey League to replace the old one, they look great at the from the middle, from the time they get called up to the end of the season. They have a good playoff run, and then you can't do anything after the first or second round. And that's been their M.O. until Holpe finally became a mainstay. And then you had Gruber, who was their backup goalie. And everyone's starting to say, well, maybe Gruber's going to you know, outdo Braden Holpe. And then Holpe got his number one spot back. So uh, Holpe right now is just, I'll say it, I think he's a, a good goaltender. He just doesn't have that extra oomph like a Carey Price has, like a Henrik Lundqvist, like a, uh, a Jonathan Quick. I mean, we're seeing you know these types of players or these types of goaltenders right now that just can't seem to get over the hump. And once they start a new season, they're just not that good. Okay, who's ready to come up now from the affiliate in the American Hockey League? Okay, here I'm off, and it's over. And now here comes Holpe, and so far he's staying. But how much longer will he stay? That's the question, because if Gruber's going to come up all of a sudden again, and then he's the man to take over, what happens to Holpe? Does he go back to the American Hockey League for Hershey? That's the question. And goaltending will always be, I mean, look, we could say some teams have holes. Look, Philadelphia's been known for goaltending issues for as long as they can remember. Uh, and that was after they won their two Stanley Cups in the mid to late 70s. Yeah, with Bernie so, Perrin. That's right. And unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, you know, of course, Bernie Perrant with the car accident that killed him and everything. And since Pelle Lindbergh, since uh, talking about accident that killed him. Oh, exactly. Since exactly. Pelle Lindbergh, they never had a goaltender for Philly since then. Exactly. Uh, one thing I want to ask you to close the Crosby and Ovechkin chapter for now. Those two players are going to be linked forever, like Lemieux and Gretzky, because they had parallel careers. Uh, both of them are probably going to be in the Hall of Fame. Which one gets in first? And is it then and there that will finally that will decide who's the best out of the two? I'll say this for you right now. Both Ovechkin and Crosby will be in Toronto at the Hockey Hall of Fame at the same time. There is no way the National Hockey League is going to pass up two of the greatest players that have played in the National Hockey League in this era right now. Both men will be on the podium in Toronto at the same time. There's no race there. Um, but at the moment, while Crosby has a leg up in the Stanley Cup end of things, um, you know, you're going to probably say that both men are fairly even right now, with the only edge for Crosby being that cup ring. So I'll say they're even. All right. Thanks for joining us on the, the brand new installment of the Uncensored Hockey Show here on the Sports Podcasting Network. For Daniel Ferrisy, I'm Kevin Laramie. Until next time, pass that puck. That's right.